Simchat Torah. I, it is uh, a joyous time, and I know that uh, uh, normally when we uh, uh, celebrate uh, Simchat uh, Torah, that uh, we um, uh, we take out the Torah scrolls and uh, we walk around uh, with them. Uh, and uh, we know that this year, while we uh, are uh, uh, in the situation that we're at, we're, we're not doing that, right? But uh, we can still celebrate the joy of uh, Torah. And you know, when uh, we uh, look in the uh, scriptures uh, about uh, the joy of the Torah, if you ever looked up the places where it talks about it, you know, it's kind of interesting because there's a little bit of a disconnect, I think, sometimes. Uh, the way that uh, people generally see the Torah uh, and what the Bible has to say. Uh, oftentimes when we uh, uh, talk about it, we talk about it in terms of keeping it. Do we have to keep it? What parts do we keep? What do we not keep? And we think about it in terms of keeping it, like doing it. What are we supposed to do? What do we have to do? Uh, whereas in uh, the uh, scriptures, the testimony of people is not about having to keep it at all. It's about how joyous it is and about what a delight it is uh, and how precious uh, uh, that, that it is. You know, And so I think in certain respects, it becomes a little bit of a challenge for us do I have that kind of attitude toward the uh, Torah? Uh, and, uh, and, you know, it is uh, uh, kind of interesting that uh, when uh, you read what the sages have to say uh, about Simchat Torah, it, it is uh, the, the, the pinnacle of the joy of, you know, of a relationship with God. And, and it's kind of interesting, you know, the history of Simchat Torah is not as old as a lot of other celebrations. You know, it's kind of the new holiday. It's only about a thousand years old, uh, you, you know? Uh, and uh, the sages, around the year 1000, 1100, in that period of time, when the uh, Torah reading cycle was developed and a lot of the uh, uh, prayers for the Siddur were developed and written and put Put together and so on, uh, that uh, they made a conscious decision that at the end of Sukkot, at, uh, on Shemini Atzeret in Israel, and the day after outside of Israel, that would be the day when we would celebrate the end of the Torah reading cycle, and that would be when we would roll it back, and that's when we would sing and dance with the Torah scrolls. And you know how it is. It's, it's what we do, right? Everybody gets to hold it and march around with it. And we sing and we sing and we sing and, and uh, all of that. Well, we're going to sing. Uh, we, we're going to do that singing part. Uh, uh, that's for sure. Uh, and uh, uh, it, it does definitely epitomize the joy of the Torah. So, you know, if you look, for example, in the right in the beginning of Psalms, in the first Psalm, right, it says... Uh, 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 the godly person, right? His delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law, and in his law, he meditates day and night. It's delightful. It is joyful. It is happy. It is 
a, a fulfilling, not an obligation and not something that we say, well, I did it and I know I'm supposed to do it. And so I'm glad that I did it because I want to make God happy. So I'm doing it. But there seemed to be like this visceral sense of enjoyment from the, from, you know, from the interior parts of, of, of a person, a real desire uh, uh, to do so. And then, of course, uh, you know, we have all those verses in Psalm 119. For example, in Psalm 119 in verse 70, it says, um, uh, Their heart is covered with fat, but I delight in your Torah. I delight in your Torah. Other people, when it says their heart is covered with fat, that's actually a very detrimental thing. You could die from that, uh, right? Uh, that, that's like really bad. You need to get to a cardiologist right away, right? Uh, but it's talking about people who are arrogant. That's actually, so I, I should give you a little context. So, uh, you know, uh, it's in verse 70. So I probably should go back to verse one and read the whole thing, but I won't do that. All right. But I'll say this. Uh, the arrogant have forged a lie against me with all my heart. I will observe thy precepts. Their heart is covered with fat, right? The arrogant. But I delight in thy Torah. It is good for me. It is good for me that I was afflicted, that I may learn your statutes. The Torah of my mouth is better to me than thousands of gold and silver pieces. Wow. You know, who could, who could say that? Could we really say that? You know, and that, I think that is uh, indeed uh, a real challenge. In Psalm 119, in verse 92, If your Torah had not been my delight, then I would have perished in my affliction. I will never forget your precepts, for by them you have revived me. And so it really is quite amazing that the Torah is viewed uh, as, uh, as it were, like a deliverer. The Torah is viewed, the Torah is viewed uh, as uh, the one who brings uh, revival. Uh, and so it becomes uh, almost like a manifestation of God, you know, like the Torah itself becomes like a manifestation of God. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, there's another place uh, uh, in Psalm 119 in verse 174, right? I long for, I long for thy salvation, O Lord. And thy law is my delight. Uh, again, you see it over, uh, you know, over and over uh, and over again. Uh, this kind of emotional uh, response uh, to the, the Torah. But, you know, I would say one of my favorite passages about the Torah is not in uh, Psalm 19, in 119, but in Psalm 19. Uh, and, uh, you know, there's actually a, a nice little song that goes with it that uh, many people uh, sing. It's in verse 7. It starts in verse 7 of Psalm 19. 
The law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the soul, giving shalom to the soul, completing the soul. Isn't that something? The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. It means it's true, it's straight. Yashar, by the way, you know, when it says here um, that the testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise is simple, it means true. When it says the precept of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart, that's very interesting. You know, this morning in the Torah study, uh, we were uh, looking at Deuteronomy chapter 33. And uh, at the beginning of it and at the end of it, Israel is called Yeshurun. It's called Yeshurun. Uh, it's sort of like a, a name uh, that uh, God uses uh, for Israel sometimes. And it, it, uh, it means upright. It comes from this word, Yashar, uh, that the precepts of the Lord are right, upright, rejoicing uh, the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. This makes for great teaching because you can lay it all out so nicely, Right? So what is, we could say, the, the, the Torah is made up of laws, testimonies, precepts, and commandments, right? Uh, and so it's perfect, it's sure, it's right, it's pure. Don't you wish that in our world today that we could say that about anything, you know, that it is perfect, it is sure, it is true, it is right, it is pure, there is very little in our world where we could say that we just trust every bit of it. But isn't it wonderful that we have a word that we can trust 100%, no holes barred, uh, you know, and it's accessible to all of us. And that is indeed the word of God. We can bank on it. You know, and then after we read just how perfect and true and upright and pure it is, we see what it does. We see what it does. It restores. It makes us wise. It causes us to rejoice. And it opens up our eyes. It gives us clarity. Uh, and so Israel, no matter what state of being our people have been throughout the centuries, we can hang on to this word because it is representative of what God is. What do we call God? We call God the rock, right? You know, our good friend Leroy White went to be with the Lord this week, and his favorite passage was Psalm 144, and I can understand why, because he lived a rough life. <laughs> he lived a rough life, but he could always bank on God and bank on his word. You know, we read in Psalm 144 at the beginning, Blessed be the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle, my loving kindness and my fortress, my stronghold and my deliverer, my shield in whom I take refuge. You know, uh, and, uh, and so, uh, you know, Leroy would say that, no matter what anything happens, just trust in the Lord and keep moving forward. I can hear him saying that. Uh, and, uh, uh, and, and so uh, it, uh, the, the word becomes like, uh, we could say, uh, a very um, uh, manifested way of uh, embracing this. If I live this way, 
I know that I'm right with God. And again, in uh, a place like um, uh, Vayikra in Leviticus uh, chapter uh, 18, uh, you read here, uh, it says, So you shall keep my statutes and my judgments by which a man may live if he does them. I am the Lord. You know, live a robust life. Live. Uh, and that is uh, and that is what we have. And what does Moses say at the end of the whole story, at the end of Deuteronomy? He says, I lay before you two choices, right? Life and death. Uh, life is the covenant, is the word. Uh, death is disobedience, doing our own thing, going our own way. Uh, and, and so it's not just a case of it's a good thing. It is, uh, it is like uh, our, our a channel of life, of, of living, of an abundant life. When we come to the Brit Chadashah, when we come to the New Covenant, clearly Yeshua is the manifestation of the Word. And, uh, you know, quite clearly it says in the Gospel of John, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and He was in the beginning with God. He is the Word. He is the manifestation of grace and truth. He is the manifestation of Torah uh, and uh, the fulfillment of the promise when God says to uh, Ezekiel, I will place the Torah in your inward parts and cause you to walk in my statutes. You see? And so when you read about the joy of Torah in the Psalms, that hasn't changed since the coming of the Messiah. What has changed now is the method of rejoicing or the dynamics of rejoicing in Messiah Yeshua. Uh, and so, uh, uh, you know, that, uh, that's uh, what, uh, uh, what we learn from the scriptures about rejoicing in, in the Torah. <clears throat> but <clears throat> in addition to that, there's a little bit more. And that is that throughout the ages, when we talk about rejoicing in the Torah, you'll notice that uh, we walk around, when we walk around the sanctuary with the Torah scroll, it's not just the word. There's something about the scroll itself. There's something about the scroll itself. The scroll is a symbol of that, of the uh, living covenant relationship that we have with God. And so when we think back over Jewish history, we can think of terrible, you know, terrible situations. But we've always been sustained by the Torah. We've always been sustained by this word, by the scroll, by what, by what it all means. And I think, as I said this morning, when we come through Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and Sukkot, and <clears throat> through the process of repentance, confession, uh, reconciliation, uh, redemption, cleansing, that the capacity to have joy in God has expanded. It expands. And now we begin this new year in earnest hopefully with the joy, indeed, of the Lord. And, uh, and so uh, now as uh, we uh, enter into 
uh, the tradition of uh, Simchat uh, Torah, Marcy, uh, is going to come uh, and begin our Torah service. And as we begin the Torah service, and then as we remove the ark, the uh, Torah from the ark, I, uh, I hope that what we will be thinking is, think on things that are right and good about your walk with God. Okay? I, not just a, uh, like watching this all unfold, but think about your own relationship with God, your walk with God, do I find the Torah joyful? Do I find God and his word and living for him a real visceral joy, as David talks about, a real delight versus obligation? I hope so. Uh, and uh, as we sing, and I trust it will come from the heart, and may this uh, Simchas Torah really uh, uh, stir us to joy unspeakable, like we read about, you know, in the, in the new covenant. And uh, may it be the beginning of a joyful year for us as we continue to navigate through the issues of this life and of this world. Let's pray. Lord uh, God, uh, I just pray that, that you would give us a joy unspeakable that Peter talks about. Uh, uh, or we might say a peace that's beyond all comprehension that Paul talks about. Uh, Lord, uh, these, uh, these uh, men of God who wrote the word, they had a hard time describing it. When Peter writes joy unspeakable, that means he can't really describe it. When Paul talks about a peace that's beyond all comprehension, he can't really describe it. I pray, Lord, that we would move uh, you know, uh, into that kind of walk with you. Uh, uh, and Lord, we know that it, it has to, it's a cultivated thing. And so, God, I pray that we would really cultivate that kind of walk with God. And uh, uh, God, may it, uh, uh, may it either begin or may you fan the flames of it in us uh, as we rejoice in the Torah tonight. And we pray in Messiah's name. Amen.